What's up, Bridge Youth? How you guys doing tonight? Hey, hey. You good? Hey, can we just say thank you to our worship team for yes. leading us week after week? Man, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Um, not everywhere has as quality and as talented of a worship team as we do. So, hey, if you are, if you are kind of like in the middle of a row, I see some people are looking for chairs. You just kind of scoot together, make some room. If you've got chairs in the middle of your row, just kind of scoot towards the middle of that. Great problems to have when we start running out of chairs. But um, hey, if you are brand new here, can I just say we love meeting new people. I met a couple new people right before service. And thank you so much for spending your Wednesday night with us anywhere in the world you could have been. And here you are at Bridge Youth. We think that that's so cool. Like you got so much going on in your life, in your schedule. You were at school today. It was raining, all of this. Um, and yet you still chose to be here. And we just think that's so special. We think that's so cool. Thank you for spending some of your time with us. Uh, we like wel welcoming our guests every week by saying something that never gets old to us. We, we like saying we are here to build you up, not beat you up. Yeah, uh, we love you. We back you. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us tonight. Whether you're right here in the room or maybe you're watching online, welcome your family to us. Okay, so tonight, um, as you can see, it's going to be a, a bit different. Um, if you've ever been to Bridge Youth, typically uh, myself, Wyatt, will be the ones preaching. Um, I'll be up here with a microphone for 35, 40 minutes, hooting and hollering. I said hooting and hollering. Um, being very loud, we laugh, we cry, we respond to God. It's awesome. Uh, but tonight's going to be a little bit different. Um, we did have a little bit of an audible that we had to call. Does everybody know what an audible is? That's a no. Um, who does not know what an audible is? Do y'all don't watch football? We're American. We have to watch football. Also, football is the one that you throw, not the one that you kick. Um, now, that is football. That make, let's be honest, like, sense, with the so world, that makes more sense, right? We should have called it, like, throw ball or something like that. Um, an audible is when you get to the line of scrimmage and the QB doesn't like what they see. And the, so the, on the spot, they change the game plan. We kind of had to do that today because Pastor Zach and Ashley were going to be with us tonight, but the same sickness that hit me over the weekend, bro, I thought I was going to die. Like, dude, it was rough. Um, sickness has hit their house, and they are not able to be here tonight. So be praying for them. Um, but we have a very unique, very special. I feel like my Stanley is. Am I cool now that I have a um, <laughs> The guy said, no, you're just feminine. Well, tell me something I don't know. Um, so I bought a Harley Davidson. Had, had to do something manly. Um, uh, I think it's going to be a really unique night. Um, it's going to be a night that's very different to us. And, and, and we are gathering around this idea uh, in this, this series called The Chase. Everybody say The Chase. The Chase. Um, this idea of, of love and relationships, future marriage. Yes, we'll even talk a little bit about buckle up, buttercup, sex. Sorry, junior hires. <laughs> so, no. Um, and, and like the thing is, is our culture and society is so confused about this stuff. But I'm going to tell you this. Our culture and society is confused about a lot of things. Somebody say amen. Amen. Like a lot of things. Somebody say amen. Amen. Who's more confused though, girls or guys? Anyways, so, <laughs> um, so like they're confused about a lot of things. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you this right now. God is not confused about this stuff. Somebody yeah. say amen to that. Amen. Like the, every answer to every question that you would have when it pertains to love, sex, dating, future marriage, it's found right here in God's word. Man, and while the rest of the world is spinning around like a tornado and everything is like sinking sand around us, culture, society, trends, fads, all of that, values are shifting and changing every 10 seconds. God's word stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's our anchor and it's our foundation. So today, we're going to turn to not only God's word, but, but our experience. And having been married for um, going on 15 years, be, having been together for 17 years, we'll talk about dating. We'll at, we're going to answer some questions things like that, not questions that you'll ask tonight, unless you want to come talk to us after service, which we would actually really, really love. Um, I, 
I just, I had just um, seen somebody on at church Sunday, uh, not this Sunday, but last Sunday, and they were like, "Dude, I, I saw you, I saw you in public, and yeah." I was like, "That's so weird that you just were like watching me," and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, I saw you. I didn't want to go say hi." It's like, why? And they're like, I don't know. It's like scared. It's like, I'm a really nice guy. Like, if you ever, if you ever see me in public, just come say hi. Just be like, hey, Pastor Corey, what's up? I'm probably just be like, hey, what's up? Like, how are you? Like, more than likely, I'll be like, I don't know who you are, but now I'm gonna know who you are. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I was sharing that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, just come say hi. Um, yeah. We we we. We have a lot that we want to share. Oh, it's the question things. We're not going to take questions from you today. But we're going to be answering some questions and a lot of common questions that we get asked. And so here's what I think tonight's going to serve as. Tonight's going to serve as um, a wake-up call for some people when it comes to relationships. There'll be a ton of stuff that you'll learn. I think that tonight will actually be, there will be things that you hear tonight that you won't even realize it right now, but down the road you'll realize it, that tonight was the night that God gave you something that saved you from future disaster. Like they saved you from something that the enemy had been over there in his playbook, drawing up a, a game plan to take you out via relationships And God drops something in your heart and your life that you begin applying to your life. And it ends up being the thing that absolutely saves you from disaster. Because John 10.10 says the thief. Somebody say the thief. The thief. You know there's a thief out there who wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. That's what John 10.10 says. But then the second half of that verse, Jesus is talking. He says, but I have come that they may have life. Somebody say life. And one version, my favorite version, says, and they may live life to the fullest. And so, man, tonight I think it's going to be um, a learning lesson. I think for some it's going gonna, it's gonna to break up the relationship you're currently in. For others, <laughs> I like that Wyatt's the one who laughed at that. Like, you, you know, youth, pastor, youth pastors understand that. One of the coolest things that could happen tonight is that you would realize you're in an absolutely toxic relationship and that you would end it. That like God tonight would give you the courage to finally not send a text because you're not a coward, but to go That's and be right. like, yo, this ain't working. You're amazing. I'm amazing. We're not amazing together. Let's just end this thing. Stop making the same mistake over and over again just because you've been making that mistake for a long time. But now I'm starting yeah. to preach. So. I think tonight it's going to be a very special night. And where we land this plane is going to be really unique, and I think it's going to be a special moment. So before we get into tonight, I really think that we should just pause and take time to pray. So Amber, would you pray for us? Yeah. God, we just thank you um, for just being with us tonight and speaking to all of us, everyone in the room. We thank you that you, you're the one that created relationships. And so, Father, we want to know why you created relationships and um, what you say about them. And so, Father, just speak to us tonight. Give us your wisdom and uh, just be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, by a show of hands, how many people are currently in a relationship? Woo. How many people are single? Man, I saw a junior high boy over there go, who? Oh, man, that girl over there, she's single. He's going to scoot her past you later. Girls, going to be like, what's up, girls? <laughs> Look at this tail whip. <laughs> and then some, like, eighth grade girl is going to be swooned. Oh, my gosh. He tail whipped. Um, Okay, cool, cool, cool. How many people, uh, you're, you're, how many people, like, you're, you're, you're not in a relationship, uh, you're single, but, like, you, you truly are like, man, like, I, what, I want, when I'm ready, when it's the right season, I'm stoked to get into a relationship. Okay, how many people are cautiously optimistic about a relationship to one day get it? Yeah, that's, like, probably most people. Um, uh, yeah, but that's, that's because, like, the vast majority, and for those of you who are in a relationship and you're a Christian, can I just, can I charge and challenge you? You've got a bunch of younger people behind you that you could show to them. You could be an example that there is a, it, yeah. it is possible to be as a teenager in a godly, healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to just stumble through every single relationship until you're, I don't know, 25, 26, 30, and then you finally just get married with a whole slew of mistakes and failures and healing that you need uh, from your past. There's a better way to do it. So um, I thought that this would really be cool, especially for the guys in the room. Hey, on the count of three, all the guys go, hey, one, two, three. All right, that was... Very good. We need... 
more high school boys in the room. <laughs> or at least more boys with like deep voices, not like ones that sound like, anybody else hate the sound of their own voice? Yeah, me too. Um, guys, I thought that this would be really cool. Um, any other guys, okay, give me 30 seconds to, to, to rant, okay? Any other guys out here struggling to figure out what the heck these girls want? Like, okay, here's what I mean. Oh, jeez. Here's what I mean. Any other guys ever hold the door open for a girl and like she rolls your eyes at you and you just know in her head or at least un maybe under her, under, her, under her breath, she's going, toxic masculinity, you know? And you're like, but then you don't open the door for her and you're, she's like, excuse me. You know, it's like, I can't win, you know? I can't win. It's like if you are a strong <laughs> leader, you're toxic. If you're a weak man, you're single for the rest of your life. You're like, I don't know what to do, man. And one of the things that I think like a lot of young men honestly think, like what they honestly wonder is like, okay, like dude, what happens when I see a cute honey at lunch and I want to go, I want to go say hi. I want to like get her at least name, maybe her number. I don't know. Like, do I ask for her Instagram? Should I ask for her email? What's like, what should I do? I'll tell you one thing I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to walk away having been slapped in the face, right? And I think like for so many young men, especially those of you who are here and, and, and you're a godly young man, you're like, I want to be, I want to like honor women and I want to value them. But I also, you know, I want to let her know I'm flirting with her. Can you so, like, we've been asked this so much. Can you flirt in a godly way? Like, can you flirt respectfully? So, Amber, help our guys out. Can you okay. flirt in a godly way? Can you flirt respectfully? Well, well, well. So, okay, I thought we'd start with the definition of flirting. And so that is behave as though attracted to or trying to attract someone, but for amusement rather than serious intention. So... I feel like that definition is so interesting, and I've never really thought about just like, let's just, you know, because we all kind of have an idea of flirting, but to me, that is such a worldly way to look at it, and I think we have to think about our motive, and, and remember that the Lord examines our hearts, so in Proverbs 21, 2, it says, people may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart, so I'm going to get a little deep, and then, you know, we'll talk a little bit about some of the, the fun stuff, but Dating is a serious and intentional thing for Christians. And so the definition is quite opposite of that. It's just to like for amusement and just to play around. And um, I feel like these reasons of why you should not flirt are actually going to be super helpful for you when trying to figure out how to flirt. So this is how you shouldn't flirt or why you shouldn't flirt. For your self-esteem, like to make yourself feel better, you're just flirting with Dude, someone so to make good. yourself feel better. Us boys, that's especially terrible. to your friends, bro. If you're going and trying to look cool to your friends and you're using her to accomplish that, nah. no, ladies, no, 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 that's no, no. when you do whatever you possibly can to ruin his pride. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, just but kidding. so for self-esteem issues, obviously that's like self-seeking. It's yeah. your motive is about yourself. Um, to make yourself feel better, to make yourself look cool in front of your friends and I feel like that is a lot of times what students struggle with what we struggle with I think like you know you think like well I just want it's like a self-seeking purpose of flirting and the thing about it is that relationships are not self-seeking Christian relationships are not looking out for yourself mm -hmm. and so anyways I think the way that you can flirt with like I think when we were kind of starting to get to know each other when we were kind of flirting when we were, well, we were friends first, but then. We were sort of flirting. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then, yes. So I would, like, be like, hey, Corey, are you going to, like, that hangout? Like, we're going to, like, I don't know, pizza or something. And I'm like, are you going? Because I want to know if you're going. Because if you're going, I'll be there. So I don't know, like, little subtle, respectful hints of, like, I want to hang out with you. Can I, I say get one? To know can, you. I, can I help, yeah, yeah, can I help all, all my little sisters in the room totally. real quick? And all the dudes are going to be like, thank you, Corey, for sharing that. So all, all, my, all, all, the, all the ladies in the room say, hey, hey. I'm going to help you, bro. Like, bro, I'm, I'm about to help you so much. Ladies, I know that what you're trying to do is flirt with him. And you're, you're trying 
like, and, and like you're trying to look cute in the process, right? So that's both those things, all good. Don't take his hat. He doesn't think it's cute. Do not take his hat and start running with it. He doesn't think it's cute. He wore a hat for a reason, and his hair is probably a mess. So if you run up to him and you snatch the hat off, you're like, ha, 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 oh, I got your hat. He's going to be like, give me my hat back, bro. And, he, and, like, you probably just ruined your odd. And, like, there's some girls in this room right now that's like, I've done that. Like, just don't. I'm just helping you, ladies. Continue. Yeah, I mean, um, making sure that they hear when you laugh at their jokes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think. With reason. With reason, <laughs> yes. And I think. Girls and guys can all be self-seeking with flirting, and, oh. and that's really the worldly perspective. So yeah. just understanding, like, the shift in it, mm -hmm. it's about, you know, really wanting to get to know somebody. I think that's a respectful thing, wanting to know about them, not just, like, trying to get their attention. I think girls kind of struggle with this, and I say it because I struggled with this. I, if there was a guy that I thought was cute when I was growing up, I just wanted their attention. Whoa, whoa. And, I, and it was like, well, let's just do whatever we can to get their attention. Well, girls, we kind of struggle with this quite a bit. So I think that's trying to get attention from multiple guys. Like, that's not, that's not the way we should be walking it out as a Christian. And so just being intentional. I think if you're going to flirt with someone, it should be someone that you want to get to know more. Mm -hmm. And you are like, I'm attracted to them. And so, yeah, but in a respectful way. So. Yeah, let me, let me just talk to the, to the guys for a little bit. Tonight, we'll kind of bounce back and forth between like, hey, this is for everybody. We have a couple things specifically for the dudes, a couple things specifically for the ladies. Let me talk to the guys real quick. And I actually, I just wrote this down. You guys probably saw me writing something down as Amber was saying that. Um, intention over attention. Yeah. When you're going to like flirt with a girl, guys, here's your purpose. Behind. And I like, I'll tell you this. I joke. I'm silly. I'm funny. Like I'm a 21st century man. I'm feminine. That's why I bought a Harley Davidson. But like in a lot of ways, dude, I'm a, I'm a traditional and an old school dude. And I really do think, guys, one of the ways in which, because guy, like, guys and girls are different. Y'all know that? I know that's like the most controversial statement that you've heard all week. But it's true. Guys, girls, they're different and God's created us to be different. And here's one of the things I believe that we are as men, as guys. We are initiators. God's called us to it. So when God brought Eve to Adam, Adam spoke up first. Adam, and he wrote this like sexy poem. He's like, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. It's like, <laughs> dang, dude. That's like, <laughs> that was R&B. <laughs> um, but when you're, approaching, when you're approaching a girl, guys, one, I'll say exactly what I said before worship. You're not cool. Do not walk up to her with the intention that your primary intention is attention. And, oh, I'm going to walk up and she's going to think I'm so cool. Bro, if you do the nose touch thing, you're, <laughs> do not lick your lips, bro. Make sure, you're, make sure you've put your lip balm on before you walked over. You're, you're going to initiate her knowing this is my intention. You're walking up to tell her this is my intention. And then old school again, one other thing. And not, this, is not, this is not God's word. This is not law. It's not going to be every time. This is just Pastor Corey's old school preference. Dude, face-to-face -face over, like, text or DM. Don't slide into her DMs. Like, like, look, okay, once in a while you see somebody on Instagram that, like, you've seen from school or whatever, and maybe your first conversation's on Instagram, whatever. I'm not saying never do that. I'm just saying nine times out of ten, let the initial contact like ladies make him have enough courage like conjure up enough gall and audacity to walk across the like the entire school at lunch in front of god and four million students if you go to vista <laughs> um <laughs> and then and then go over to you to to have the audacity to ask for your name guys do this be honest and just tell, your, tell her your intentions. Yeah. Yeah, be hey, clear. My name's Corey. Mm -hmm. I saw you from across that uh, room, the football field. And I just, honestly, I just thought that you were gorgeous. Um, and I would love to maybe take you out to coffee, or I don't know if you drink coffee or anything, but um, maybe, maybe we could just hang out. I, I just love to get to know you. Guys, like straight up, it's that simple. 
I know, I know we're always over here like, bro, what do girls want? It's like when it comes to lunch, she has no clue. When it comes to you approaching her for the first time, she knows exactly what she wants. She wants to be treated with respect. She wants to be honest and just tell your intentions. And then if she doesn't reciprocate, hey, I got a boyfriend. Hey, you're, thank you so much. I pre- ladies, this is you letting him down easy. Don't be a jerk. Hey, I appreciate that so much. Um, I'm just not in a place where I'm looking for anything like that. Thank you. And guys, respectfully, hey, totally cool. And that's that. So... Yeah. yeah. Did we answer that question? Is that all right? There's ladies, it, ladies, but... did we help you out there? Or, you know, you don't want guys coming up going, be like, oh, what's up, honey? Dang, baby girl. Like, looking like a whole snack. Do not compare her to something that you eat. All right? Chill. All right. Um, let's, jump into, let's jump into this question. This is going to seem like a very... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Set you through a loop there. <laughs> The sad thing is, is like so many of the girls in this room, they're laughing because it's like, dang, dude, like, yeah, that's happened. Like more often than some guy just walking up and respectfully telling me his honest intentions. You're pretty. I'd love to take you out. My name, my name's, (laughs) nervously, my name's Corey. What's your name? You know what I did? I just threw Skittles at Amber at youth group. Literally, that was my flirting. And then she turned around, I was like, (laughs) <laughs> and then we went to a concert together, and that's the end of that. Um, all right, let's jump into this question. It's going to sound general, but I'm actually really stoked for this question. Yeah. What is love? What is love? All right, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of, uh, after we talk about what is love, we're going to talk about what, what love is not. Okay, I'm going to start this by giving you a very, very, like, valuable, um, I guess, like, life lesson. I am not really concerned with what culture and society has to say on just about any topic. This is why, like, when I have a question like this, like, what is love? What I don't do is I don't hit Google. I don't go to social media. I don't go and get on, like, I don't know, like, Tumblr or YouTube and start trying to figure out what the latest influencer has to say about this. I think that when it comes to things like this, here is the thing that gives us our definition, God's word. So what does God's word have to say about this? Um, Wyatt will know this because Wyatt has officiated a handful of weddings as well. I officiated Wyatt and Miranda's wedding, fun fact. And at every single wedding that I have ever officiated, I've been asked to read this Bible verse. If you are taking notes right now, if you have something to write down a verse, if you want to open up a Bible, open to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to read verses 4 to 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 to 7. And while this verse is kind of come to be a little bit cliche, I don't think that uh, something being cliche should ever remove its value or how powerful it is. This is what it says. It says, love is patient. Somebody say patient. Patient. Of every single word in all of language, at this time it would have been Greek, the, the Apostle Paul wrote this, Corinthians is a letter to the church in Corinth, and he's writing a letter to the church in Corinth, and he's explaining to them what love is. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's going to bring a definition to love, and of all the words that the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, could have said, the first word that he uses to describe love is patience. And you have no clue how valuable and how, like, powerful that is. He goes on to say, love is kind. It does not envy. Another version says, it, does, it, it is not jealous. Mm-hmm. See, that's, that, what is love? And, and some of you, you're like, oh, it should be jealous. Some of you ladies, like, the, the bit of, like, culture, like, uh, uh, seeping into your heart goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I want, I want him to be jealous when he sees other guys looking at me or, or when, when a boy comments on my Instagram. I want him to be jealous. That shows me that he loves him. No, the Bible says love's not jealous. Mm-hmm. That is not love. It goes on and it says it does not boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others like Amber just talked about. It is not. Somebody say not. not. It's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Anybody ever been in a relationship with someone that was super angry all the time? It's not easily angered. That's not love. It keeps no record of wrongs. You always blah, 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 blah. That's not love. 
Love does not delight in evil. Oh, let's just go get in trouble. Let's do this. Let's do that. Don't tell your parents. Hide it from them. Let's, no, no, no. That's not love. It doesn't rejoice in evil, but uh, it doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. I love this. This is kind of his concluding thoughts. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I want you to notice something about every single thing that the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Every single one of those things are a choice. They're not an emotion. When we think love, we immediately will conjure up thoughts of emotion, romance, butterflies. Oh, my gosh. He, he, held, oh, he held my hand. Oh, he's, guys, like, she's so hot. Like, this is love. <laughs> no, no, no. Love is patient. Patience is a choice. Love is kind. You have to choose to be kind. Love doesn't envy. Man, sometimes you will envy. You will be jealous. You choose to not be. You choose to push that, push that aside and not act out of that. It does not boast. You choose, you have to choose. To, it is not proud. You have to choose to be humble. Humility is a choice. What is love? Love is a choice. And all the emotions are a byproduct of love. See, it would be like saying that, um, it would be like saying that, 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 that the drums are music. No, 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 no. The drums create the music. Love might, might create emotion, and emotion's a part of it, and I love that. All for it, dude. All for it. 15, going on 15 years of marriage, there is still, we still have a romantic, adventurous, amazing, like, sexy marriage that is so much fun. Like, I, there's still times often that I'm like, this weekend, dude, I was dying sick, and she's taking care of me the whole time. I'm like, I'm so lucky to have you. I would die right now if not for you. Man, that's love. Love is a choice. Amber, what is love? Yeah, um, you know, I think we get a lot of ideas from movies and music and things, but godly love is sacrificial. Like, I think simply put, it's sacrificial, and we see what God you know, God is love, and he sacrificed everything to reconnect with us by sending Jesus. And so it's sacrificial. Um, it's all about serving. In a relationship, it's all about serving. And um, when you're also thinking about relational love, um, it's about being really marriage, which relationships shouldn't just be to have one and to show it off and to, like, be like, I'm in one, but to move towards marriage. So it's very serious. And when you get into that marriage... The Bible talks about how it's a reflection of Christ and the church. And so Christ sacrificed everything. So I just think simply put, like godly love, it, it's sacrificial. And uh, that's real love. I and mean, we got all kinds of fake love around in, you know, the world and what music says in movies. But real love is sacrificial. Yeah, and don't, don't settle for the fake, the generic. Yeah. Don't, don't settle for the world's off-brand of love. It's not as good. I promise you it's not as good. So what, what is love not? I was talking about how love is a choice. What love is not? Love is not whimsical. Do you guys know what whimsical means? You know what like doing something off a whim is? Like you just have this like, dude. At one time uh, we went on like a double, triple date thing, I think, and went and saw the movie La La Land when it was in theaters. Dude. Great movie. Love that movie. Right after, and this is not, Amber is, not, I'm whimsical. I'm the like, let's adventure, it's 3 a.m., let's go to the pier, you know? Like, that's me. Amber is the like, let's be home at 7 p.m., light a candle and read a book warmly in our bed with our dogs cuddling with us. Like, that's Amber. Um, after the movie, it's like, it's like 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, she's like, let's go to L.A., and I was like, who are you? And so we went to L.A. It's whimsical. It's like, it's like you have this moment where this emotion makes you boom and you act. Love's not whimsical. Love is calculated. See, John 15, uh, 15, 13, Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And we know that what Jesus is doing is he's foreshadowing his own death, right? Can I tell you, Jesus didn't die for us off of a whim. He wasn't just like one day strolling around on earth in first century Palestine and go, 
oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll die for you. It, there wasn't a bus coming up the road and he like pushed you out of the way and boom, like that's not how it worked. Since the dawn of time, he was contemplating dying for our sins. It was something that like at the deepest levels of his heart, he considered and he calculated and he looked at you and he said, you are worth it, I'll die for you. Can I tell you, that's love. See, this is why when we stood in front of each other 15 years ago and we said our vows, we didn't say for like a momentary fleeting moment of emotion, for a whim and a, you know, something that's here today, gone tomorrow, I do. No, we said, whether rich or poor, in sickness and in health, till death do we part, I make this commitment to you. It's calculated. Now, there'll be, there'll be adventurous, whimsical moments in love, but love is calculated. It's not whimsical. So let me caution you. When you, out of nowhere, like you've known someone for 15 minutes, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they're the best. I love you. No, you don't. No, you don't. Like that is, by very definition, according to Scripture, not love. Amber, what's love not? Yeah, love is not going to fulfill you, like the worldly love, the relational love. And I think we struggle with that. And I remember struggling with that a ton as a teen. Like I thought once I got a boyfriend, it would just fulfill me. And I would be like, yep, this is great. I'll have someone that will help me in everything and someone that will, you know, do life with me and we'll have fun together. And yes, the interesting part is that when you do it with God at the center, then yes, those things come. But real love is is truly just understanding and knowing what God's done for you and letting that relational love that God brings into your life, if that's what he does, to have purpose for him and not for your own motives. And so that's sort of how I think about it is I think, you know, worldly love is self-seeking and God's love is sacrificial. So when you're in a relationship, if that relationship isn't going to honor God, it's not going to, one, it's it's never going to fulfill you. Even, yeah, even if you're like putting God at the center, that relationship will never fulfill you the way God does. And so real love is knowing God and can reconnecting with God. And we, we do that because of what Jesus did. But worldly love is, it's fleeting, it's fading, and it won't last. And that's why we see divorce. And that's why we see, you know, people breaking off relationships and, you know, people making commitments that they can't keep because they've yeah. become everything to that person and God wasn't at the center. But, yeah, it's just, um, yeah. yeah. That's so, so good. When, while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, the Bible says God is love. It doesn't even just say that God created love or God defines love. No, God, by very yeah. essence, God is love. Yet the world says love is God. They say, they say that, no, and they've got it so backwards, yeah. and that's why it's so upside down. All right, let's talk about this. Um, uh, relational red flags. What are some red flags? Uh, let me throw out a couple really quick. Um, red flag. When they try to sever you from every other relationship, when they cut you off from your friends, when they don't want you to hang out with anybody else but them, big red flag. Here's a huge one. If they are trying to jack up your relationship with your parents, dude, such a red flag. Here's the thing. If you're the only, here's another huge red flag. If you're the only one who approves of the relationship, run from that relationship. If your parents and your pastors and your friends and your brother and your sister and everybody around you is like, no, that is not your time to go, but we're in love. Bro, you are not in love. You are like sinking in quicksand and some people are trying to throw you a vine to help you get out, right? Do not be blind. Here's a huge red flag. If you're taking notes, write this down. This is, this is a red flag coming at you by way of quote. If you love me, then you will fill in the blank. Anything that they're trying to throw into that fill in the blank, that is a red flag. That's not love. Amber, what's some relational red flags? Yeah, I think the biggest one is, hey, like, let's just keep this a secret. So good. That's so stupid. <laughs> that is so dumb. And I think you're like, well, I didn't keep it a secret, but we're kind of like low-key about it. I think the low-key thing is that's pretty funny. Because the there's only a difference. thing more dangerous yeah. than sin is secret sin. Yes, absolutely. And then it just cuts off 
your community to be able to say, like, right. you know, hey, like, people that love and care for you, like, hey, like, I want to meet them, and I want to know what's going on. And your parents, like, your parents should be involved in that. Like, they should know what's going on. And I think keeping it a secret is one thing. That's, like, just silly, and that's an absolute red flag. Low-key is one of those things. It's like, well, you know, and I've heard the the thought, and I get it, because I'm a little more of a, like, more introverted, more private person. So there's a difference between low-key and private. Like, say you're a little more private, and you're like, I don't want to just, like, shout it from the rooftop that, like, we're dating and all this and da-da-da. Well, did you tell the people that God has placed in your life, like, the mentors in your life? Tell someone. Don't tell everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like saying, well, you have to shout it from the rooftop, but, like, are you afraid for them to meet someone that you love and trust that has poured into your life, you know, and and can you bring them to youth group or is not? Like, that's, see, it's just like when you keep it a secret, then you live in fear. And why in the world would you want to have a relationship that's based out of, like, someone finding out? Like, that's terrible. Like, that brings anxiety. That brings stress and tension. God wants us to live in freedom and in peace. And when we bring it to the light and we're honest and open about it. And see, here's the deal. A lot of times people keep it secret or low-key because they know it's not right in, in, the, in their heart. Yeah. They know it's not right. So they do that. So, yeah, I think that's a big red flag. So great. Um, a lot of times, you know, the students who are really connected with us, who include us in parts of their life, they'll end up in a relationship and they never tell us about it because deep down they know what we're going to say about it already. Deep down they know what we're going to bring up about it. Um, Let's talk about some relational green flags. Uh, Green flag, when they're a Christian who's plugged into church, like, man, like the first thing you guys got to know, if you're going to come ask me my advice about like, hey, like thinking about dating somebody, blah, 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 you got to know that the very first thing I'm going to ask is, are they a Christian? Like, dude, if you're a Christian, you should date a Christian. That's just scripture. Uh, we're not going to take the time to go dig into all the places where it talks about that. That's just scripture. And um, one of the things that, like, I really think about is, dude, I would hate for you to be robbed of the blessing and how awesome and fun and adventurous it is to be able to serve God alongside your person. Like, dude, there's nothing in the world like that. It's so, it's so cool. And it's really how God designed it. And, like, it's how God said that, like, her faith, man, her faith, like, I'm wind in the sails of her faith. And she's the same for me. And, like, as we get closer to each other, we get closer to God. So I would say, like, if they're a Christian who's in, planted in church, not a Christian by label, they don't just have a Bible verse in their Instagram bio, but they are plugged in serving God, man, that's such a green flag. Here's a, a really, really great green flag for someone who's a Christian in church is that they are living a life that already displays transparency and accountability. Transparency and accountability are some of the greatest green flags that you could find in someone who you would consider to date. Yeah, and I usually kind of bring up this as more of a red flag, but I think looking at it as a green flag, it can go either way. But how do they treat those around them? How do they treat mom? How do they treat dad, sister, friend, those at school? Especially those at school. Like, how do they treat people? Those patterns and behaviors is exactly how they'll treat you. And so are they kind? Are they helpful? Are they respectful? Do they care about others? I think, you know, we can, the thing is, is that, I think in relationships sometimes, guys can kind of sweet talk their way, and girls have their own things, but I'm just saying, guys can kind of sweet talk like, oh yeah, I'm this, I'm that. It's like, well, how about we look at actions and see what that displays? And, you know, there's been a lot of people who have come through Bridge Youth, a lot of, you know, young men and young women who I've seen, and I'm like, man, they just display such great character. And, you know, one day, you know, they're going to run into someone else, and they're going to be serving together and just, yeah, find that person. But I think how they treat people around them. I think that can be a green flag. Are they super respectful and honest and helpful? And do they really care? Do they actually care? Or are they, you know, just talk? Because to me, talk is so cheap. And you see in 1 John 3.18, it says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And so, yeah, what are their actions? And that could be a total green flag. What you're talking about is um, patterns over potential. And, like, I think that probably, ladies, I think you're more guilty of this than guys, is that you see a guy and you go, but I could fix him. No, you can't. Nope. Only God can fix that, dude. You ain't going to fix him. No. You're going to make matters worse, actually. You'll make things <laughs> way worse. And then he'll make you worse in the process as well. And then you guys will break up in a very toxic way. Um, one of you will take custody of the youth ministry. The other one will take a bunch of friends. And you guys will hate each other for the remainder of high school. Like, probably that's what will happen. So, like, when you're getting ready to date someone, do not pick 
based off of potential, pick based off of patterns. What's the patterns of their life? All right, I want to talk to the, I want to talk to the gentleman for, for a moment. This is, this, is a, um, this, is, this is something I want to dig into that's more for guys. It is for both of us. So, like, you know, ladies don't, like, clock out or anything right here. But um, it's this. Uh, it's more difficult than ever as guys to guard our eyes, to guard what we see, what we watch. Um, let's talk about how important it is as guys to guard our eyes and how can we do that. Um, one of the things I say all the time is do something drastic to your sin or your sin will do something drastic to you. Um, let's be like super real for a moment. I have sat in my office as a pastor with married men who are telling me that they're struggling with pornography. And they ask, what should I do? And I tell them, you should take your laptop in the backyard and you should smash it with a baseball bat because your wife is worth it. My, my laptop's $1,500. Yeah, well, divorce is going to cost you a lot more. And it's not worth your soul. Like, here's the thing. We're, guys, we are so guilty of showing up to this battle with, like, <laughs> with a Nerf gun. And, like, the enemy has tanks and an F-16 and bazookas and machine guns. And we're over here like, yeah, but it's a rival and I modded it. Like, dude, you're not, you're not going to do nothing. you got to be drastic in this battle. Um, I, I told Amber, I mean, it was probably a month after I did, but probably about, what was it, probably four months, five months ago, I just deleted TikTok. Um, I really only had TikTok so that I could, two people send me th- stuff on TikTok, Amber and Noah Southall, one of our, uh, one of the guys who grew up here is a great friend of mine, um, and I hated always it always being Safari that opens up that I have, and it takes forever. And I was like, ah, I want to see the things that my wife sends me. Um, but then, you know, like, I'll watch what she sends me, and then I'll scroll a few videos. And, you know, I ended up following a couple of accounts and stuff. And, and like, four months ago, I'm just scrolling through after Amber had sent me something. I'm scrolling through, and I just saw a couple of things that I didn't like. It wasn't anything, like, super inappropriate or anything. It's just one of those things. Anybody, anybody ever have something come across their feed, and you're like, how is that there? Like, how, uh, you know, and you're like, isn't isn't it like the algorithm is supposed to display things to you that you're interested in? I'm not interested in that. I don't want to see that. And that just had happened once or twice too many times. And I was like, I'm just going to delete TikTok. And then uh, later, Amber sent me something. And I was like, I I don't, I'm not even going to open it, babe. Like, don't send me anything. I deleted TikTok. She's like, oh, you deleted TikTok? I was like, yeah. She's like, why? I was like, just saw a couple things that I didn't want to see. And like, I value my marriage and my ministry way too much to let anything be coming across my eyes that I don't want to see. So you got to be like, here's, here's one way that, that we can guard our eyes. Guys, just unfo- unfollow people. Just unfollow them. Like, I don't care. There will be people that are like, oh, man, like, you unfollowed me. Yeah, I don't hate you. <laughs> I just don't want to see your posts. Like, uh, I'd love to see your face, like, in church. Like, I just don't want to see your posts. Like, if you post bikini pics, I will unfollow you. Like, there's one woman in the whole world that I want to see like that, and she's sitting right here. It's like, no, I don't want to. I just don't want to see. <laughs> and, guys, guys, if, if you're like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm with you, dude. I, I want to be careful about what's on my phone and what's on my screens and what I see. And, like, so I'm going to do that, too. Do not let anybody make you feel like you're some judgmental hater. Oh, you're, you're a hater. You're a judgmental hater. No, I'm not. But I, I don't owe you my attention. You do not own my attention. My attention belongs to God and my wife. So, like, unfollow people, guys. Like, sincerely. Uh, uh, it doesn't mean that you don't care. It doesn't mean that you hate them. It just means that you don't want to see all that. Uh, I'll leave you guys with this. Um, Matthew chapter 18, verse 9. It says this. Uh, this is Jesus talking. And he uses like he often does, uses very brutal language. He says, hey, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Like, why is Jesus using drastic language here? Does he really want you to like take a fork and, no, that's not what he's saying. It's hyperbole. 
He's saying, do something drastic to your sin or your sin will do something drastic to you. And what you got to realize, guys, if you're continually putting inappropriate and lustful images in front of you, lusting after a different girl every night on a screen will not set you up to love just one woman for the rest of your life. You're setting yourself up for failure and you're hurting both your mind, your heart, and your soul. So Amber, anything you want to add into that? I know it's for the gentleman, but yeah. maybe you have something to say. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think sometimes in these settings, you can think, oh, that's just for the guys. That's for the girls too. Like if you need to unfollow something, if there's something that, you know, I think and a lot of times it can happen in the mind too for girls. So I think like a lot of times girls, there's books that you probably should not be reading. Oh, that's like, great. There's some popular books or things that are going, you that's know, so good. like that you should not be reading because there's like fantasy weird things happening in your mind that is, it is not. It is not where God would want it to go. And so I think all the things that he said, I'm not saying that's not for the girls. It is for the girls. And we need to think about who we're following on social media, what we're seeing on social media, and not just scroll past, like, the weird, awkward things that make us tense, like, oh, maybe that's not really what I should be looking at, and actually doing something about it, like, unfollowing or deleting the app and being extreme about it. Like, I think that's important. And um, and I think uh, sometimes we can put our loyalty into people, but my loyalty is for God. So if I, like, I think the unfriending thing, I don't understand. And it's just because it's not my, I think it's not my generation. I would not be mad if you unfriended me. It has nothing to do with generation. I'll just tell you all right now. It's stupid. It's so silly. It's stupid. But like. You unfollowed me. You hate me. No, I don't. (laughs) That's not it at all. No, I don't. I don't hate you. I love you. I just don't want to see what you're posting. Yeah, and I think having, like, honest conversations, like, with God about, like, what he's trying to tell you. Like, if you have those tense moments and you're walking with God, it's because the Holy Spirit's like, hello, there's something there. Like, ask God about it. And um, and I think a lot of times we know. Um, but I think with girls it can happen a lot of times in the mind. So I think taking responsibility for what we're thinking. And, um, you know, when I look at Philippians 4.8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so I think we can, you know, our thought life can go to a lot of places, but I think we need to take responsibility for what we're thinking. We're like, no, I just think that, no big deal, and let it spiral into, like, a lot of different thoughts. And I think girls can kind of fantasize about, you know, guys and what their relationship will look like and all of that, and they're spiraling, so then that's all they're focused on. So it's like, wait, what about, you know, being involved at youth and and God and my, the Bible? It's like, no, 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 I'm just focused on this thing. So I think taking responsibility for your thoughts is a big deal. So, but yeah. Also, delete Snapchat. Yeah, Snapchat's stupid. That's not a joke. <laughs> it, Just delete so, Snapchat. Literally, it was like, it, it, it's you like. You guys want to know the truth about Snapchat? Snapchat so was started by like a dude in his mid-50s to, to figure out how to get nude pictures sent back and forth without having any accountability. It's that bad. is literally the genesis of Snapchat. Nothing, nothing good happens on Snapchat. Just delete it. Okay, yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. Amber. Let's talk to the ladies for a minute. That, that, a lot of that was directed towards the guys and really important. Hopefully, yeah. guys, you took something away from that. Let's talk to, let's talk to the ladies. Um, h- how you see yourself and the value that's in you will determine so much from yeah. how you present yourself to who you attract to what you'll settle for, et cetera. Um, speak into this. How should these ladies view themselves and how is this such a game changer? Yeah, I mean, how do we... How do we understand the value that God has placed on us without being in his word? And, and you guys are in the right place. You're at youth group. You're trying to learn about God. You're here. That's, that's the goal is, like, to come into community, ask questions, you know, listen to what, you know, the person that God placed here like to, to speak. And so you guys are in the right place. But I think being in God's word, you'll understand the value that you have. And, um, and I thought a lot about um, you need to know how valuable you are. Like, at the end of the day, Christ got on the cross and sacrificed his life just for the chance that you would choose him. And to me, that just, doesn't that show you how incredibly valuable you are as an individual? Yes, girls, but guys too. Like, you're incredibly valuable. And so, thinking, okay, when I'm talking to the girls specifically, that guys would honor me the way God values me. 
So if if a guy's not going to honor me, not in like my I'm an independent woman and I'm worth yeah. it and I'm this and that and I'm into myself and I'm I'm something. No, no, no. I am valuable in the eyes of God. So a guy's gonna honor me because I'm valuable. Yeah. And that and really just people in general. Like I think um, when it talks about Proverbs 31, 25, it says, She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. It's one of the verses I have in the girls' bathroom. But I think it's so important. The the strength and dignity comes from the value that God places on us, not this independent woman type of thing. It's like God has placed incredible value on me, so people will honor me respectfully. And guys, very, like, even more so guys, like they're going to, and that's sort of, I think, what we need to know. But we need to understand God's word and how much value he puts on us, and we need to be in God's word and be in church and um, growing in that. So discovering his love for us will help us to understand our value. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, like, I think maybe it, it's it's a value, ladies, that you would hear this from from a guy. Uh God's word says that you're a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus anew so that you could do the good things that he planned for you long ago. And like the thing about a masterpiece is you don't treat a, ma- a masterpiece any which way, right? Like, like you, don't, you don't drive a Lamborghini in the mud. You know, you, I, I, think, I, I think I saw a girl over here wearing uh, Jordan 1 Chicago's. And I, was, I leaned to Amber. I was like, I think those are Jordan 1 Chicago's. So shout out to the girl who's wearing the Chicago's. Like, Chicago, that's, that is like, that is a, a, a grail shoe for me. I want that shoe so bad. Um, and if I got them, I would not go hiking in them because I understand the value of that shoe. And that's just a shoe, right? Like, ladies, uh, the value that God's placed in you is incredible. You do realize that God is... an God is incapable of doing anything accidentally, right? And did you know that in ancient Jewish writing, it is customary that whatever comes last is known as what's the crown jewel. It is, it is the most important. It's kind of where we get the idea of you save the best for last. And you know what the last thing of everything that God created was? Woman. It's as if God is saying, here is the crown jewel of my creation. But you're going to let some guy treat you any which way? Um, and, and, and you got, like, I always wonder, why, why would she let, why, why would she allow that? Why would she present herself like that? Why would she let guys treat her like this? And one of my favorite movies um, has a quote where a character talking about that type of situation, he goes, we accept the love we think we deserve. And for so many of you ladies, it's, it's like it's the love that you think you deserve. No, like Amber was just talking about, there is a God in heaven who loves you so much. And eternity without you was such an unbearable thought that he took matters into his own hands. He left paradise. He, left, he, he, he entered time and space to come and die for you. And not even, not even for a for sure chance that you would say yes, just for the possibility that you would say yes. He, he, like, it was the ultimate, like, yes, no, maybe, check one. And, and that's how valuable God sees you. And this is so important because the way that you view yourself will determine how you present yourself. And, like, like some of y'all, you're, it's a dead giveaway. You, you, you've, you've got a dead giveaway letting us all know how insecure you really are. Because you're presenting yourself in such a way where you need, you need comments and you need likes. You need looks. Here's the thing. If you use your body to bait him, you might turn his head, but you'll never turn his heart. And the thing about it is, you don't need to turn his head. You've already turned God's heart. You've moved God's hand. You, young lady have moved the very hand of God because of how precious he sees you. So, man, like, this should just change completely how you see yourself. And it's not to think of yourself too highly. No, we we come, like, we we are humble. But it's to say, but I'm the daughter of a king, and I won't be treated any which way. Can somebody say amen to that? Hey, um, you're welcome, ladies. Guys, treat her right. Um, (laughs) Hey, as we close and we finish up, Van, could you guys um, head out? And I, I wanted to end in, 
in a unique way. And, and really, we had originally planned this specifically for Pastor Zach and Ashley um, to be a part of this, uh, to be here. And, um, but I think one of the benefits as a pastor in, in getting older is that uh, you not only gain a bit of wisdom, but you gain a different level of perspective in that for the majority of my years as a youth pastor, I've only been able to see my youth ministry from the perspective of an older brother um, because I just wasn't really at the age where I could really be any of your parents. And now I'm at the age where, like, I could be some of your guys's, but, like, we could be your parents at the age that we've gotten to. If you're wondering how old are you guys, we're, uh, Amber's 35, she's super old, not me, I'm super young, I'm 34, I won't be 35 till May 23rd, if you <laughs> are wondering and you want to get me those Jordan 1 Chicago's size 10 and a half, thank you. Um, I could also do a 10, all good, I'll squeeze. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding, uh, kinda, so. Um, but here's how I want to land this plane. Amber, imagine every single girl and guy in this room is our son and daughter. And they're coming to us to talk to us about love and dating and relationships. What would you tell our son? What would you tell our daughter? Talk to Bridge Youth right now, like you're their mother. Yeah, I mean, as I was praying for this, there were just a couple thoughts that I felt like I needed to share with you. And the first one is to truly be surrendered to God and be committed to his plans and purposes for your life before you connect your life with someone else in a relationship. Don't buy the lie that a relationship will, with a flawed human could ever fulfill you the way that God can. Don't date until you're willing to push that person towards Christ, even if that means walking away from them. God has good things for you if you don't give up and never give up on God. Let him lead you into the relationship that you should be in. Don't seek it. Don't seek that relationship before you seek him. So, yeah. That's so good. Can anybody say amen to that? You received that tonight. Um, I was in my office earlier and, and I started writing this part out in, in my notes and it kind of just organically came out like a, a letter that I would write to my future daughter and to my future son. And so I want to just read it how I wrote it. And the first is for the ladies, as if I'm talking to my own daughter. Daughter, go ask mommy how, I'm just going to say dad, not daddy. Go ask mom how dad treated her. Ask her about how we dated. Ask her about how we met in church. Ask her about how we became friends. And we prayed six months before we got into a relationship. Ask her about the letter that I wrote to grandma asking permission to date her. Ask her about how I asked her out. Ask her to see the hundreds and hundreds of letters that I wrote to her and how none of them were intrusive or inappropriate. Ask her about how I would mow lawns and wash cars so that I could take her out on dates. Ask her about what meeting me did for her faith and how she got closer to Jesus, not further from him. Ask her about how I honored, valued, and respected her and her family. Daughter, you deserve better. And all of this is just the bare minimum. And you're not just anyone. You're my daughter. And you deserve the world. Moreover, you're God's daughter. And he has even greater plans for you than I do. So you know who you are. You know what you deserve, and you don't settle, and you're never desperate. Your future husband is worth the wait. 
I'd say, give me your heart and let me protect it until the day comes that a young man works up enough courage to come and asks me for it. And then I deem him suitable to protect it. But it's your heart. You have to guard it. So guard it well. Build a fortress around it. Better yet, give it to Jesus. And anyone who wants it has to go through him to get it. Also, don't forget, dad owns a shotgun. Gentlemen, as if I'm talking to my own son. Son, I set the standard and the bar for how my daughter, I set the standard and the bar for my daughter with how I dated my wife. Son, you're setting the standard for your future daughter right now. So be an honorable, godly man. Don't follow stupid and foolish patterns of culture. Be a gentleman. Be the man that opens doors and offers his jacket when it's cold. That's not toxic. Be the type of man that protects women not the one that other men have to protect women from. Treat girls the way you've seen me treat your mom. Treat every girl as God's daughter. And don't forget, son, if you mistreat her, you'll face God's wrath and mine. Protect your eyes and your heart because your future wife is worth it. And you're worth so much more than the shallow lusts that this world has to offer. And know that the deeper you swim into darkness, the harder it is to get out. Guys, hear this. Son, one day you'll find a girl that God sends your way. And she'll fit into your life like a puzzle piece. And she'll be like wind in your sails. She should be your best friend that you love hanging out with. And if she's the one that God blesses you to spend the rest of your life with, hear me on this. Before you say, I do, you will have to sit her down, look her in her eyes, and tell her everything that you've ever done and everything that those eyes have looked at. So I say again, be a godly an honorable man. Love Jesus and be a leader because you have the potential to propel her towards God or drag her away from him. So go on the right path. Make wise decisions and know in triumph and in failure, I'm always here. I love you and I've got your back. Bow your heads, close your eyes. God, I pray in Jesus' name that every single one of these young men and young women would know, God, the value that you've placed in them and how much you love them. God, I pray they'd never settle for less. God, I pray in this moment, you are literally, God, you are, you are corrupting and destroying the plans that the enemy has fabricated against them the ones that the, that the enemy was going to use toxic relationships to try to take them out, God, in this moment, you've, you've completely destroyed those plans. God, I pray for young people that hunger and thirst for your righteousness, that seek you above all else. God, that they know that everything, when they seek you first, everything else will fall into place. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're in this place and tonight and talking about relationships, you've You've heard a bit about God's love and, and you've never known God to love like this. And you thought it was religious and ritualistic. And you're like, I, I want that. I want that love. You'll never be right with a mate until you're right with your maker. And tonight, if you're like, I want to I wanna get right with God and I want to start a relationship with him. I'm going to invite you to respond in a simple way. In just, in just a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to three. And all I want you to do if you want to give your life to Jesus, you want forgiveness of your sin, a fresh start, a new beginning, 
When I get to three, you just lift your hand. You can put it right back down. This is your moment. This is your time. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Don't worry about who's around you. This is your moment. You want to give your life to Jesus. When I get to three, you lift your hand. One, two, three, go. Hold this place. Now you can put it right back down. So proud of you. Let's pray together. Uh, I'm going to give you these words. Just repeat these simple words right after me. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. From this day forward, you are my father, and I am your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, has this been beneficial tonight? Have you enjoyed this? Has this been good? Hey, we'd love to continue the conversation with you. We're going to conclude service right now, but we're going to have our prayer stations open. If, if, you have, if you need like prayer for anything, man, it doesn't have to be just pertaining to what we talked about tonight. And I, I encourage you, go to the prayer stations, write down your prayer, partner with somebody. If you want to just write down your prayer, throw it in the fence. You don't want to give details or anything. That's okay. If you want to just, hey, I don't want to give you details. Just pray for me. They're more than happy to. If you want advice, if you want to chat, they'd love to chat with you. We'd love to chat with you. Man, I pray that you're blessed tonight. We love you. God bless you. Ladies, bridge women, Friday night. Don't miss it. And then we'll see you Sunday for church. God bless you guys.